All right. You know what time it is. Sharknado, The Fourth Awakens. Oh, you got it right this time. I know. (laughs) The week of separation helped fix your verbal miscue. Yep. (laughs) When the watching it helped. Yeah, I suppose. It does probably stick in your head. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I feel like I should, like, have it up just to reference things, but I did not. Have the movie up? Yeah. Or, like, cast list and, like, stuff. I'll tell you my... I think the best thing that I can say is that... Not the best thing. The most (laughs) clear thing that I can say is that I didn't want to take notes. I didn't take notes, and it wasn't worth taking any sort of notes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, no, there's no way it would ever be worth taking notes. Well, you know, I I had questions throughout where I had to continually go back to Wikipedia plot summaries of the previous three movies to fill in some of the plot uh, holes. okay, because you, yeah. I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, there was a lot of, or there were a lot of jokes that would maybe be lost on someone who hadn't seen the previous movies. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, I'm not too worried about deep cuts into the Sharknado-verse. <laughs> Those whizzing over my head and me losing a lot on the movie. Yeah. Ugh, so so how, should, how should we do this? Should we give it a rating well, first or just dive right into it? Can I just, can I ask you a question first overall? And I'm guessing yeah. you're, I'm guessing I can figure out your answer, but overall, were you entertained while watching the movie? <sighs> Okay, so I need to be very straightforward. I made it one hour into the movie and I didn't finish it. <laughs> I had what? I had every intention of finishing it this weekend, but it totally just flipped, like didn't stay on my radar, as you learned five minutes ago when I told you that I forgot we were going to talk about this. Uh, Should we postpone till next week? No, or, you're, not it's, not worth, it. it's not worth it. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, so that's my overall impression. It's like I can watch bad movies, but these man, these this one really took the cake. Like it was, it was, it was brutal <laughs> from start to finish. Like I was charmed. I would say I was like pleasantly charmed and like with it for the first twenty minutes or so. Yeah. But then... It had uh, a pretty good beginning for a Sharknado movie, to be honest. Uh, But then, I don't know. It just... I couldn't couldn't stay with it. When it got into, like, the real part of the plot and not just, like, Sharknados everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Especially because I didn't realize, like, the entire opening scene. (laughs) First, like, ten minutes was just an opening scene. (laughs) And then I had the quote-unquote credits, I guess, with, like, the song. (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, listen. I guess that is what it felt like. The the movie, as we have said, is called is Sharknado The Fourth Awakens. And it starts off with a Star Wars-style crawl <laughs> explaining the current state of the Sharknado-verse, which was stupendous. <laughs> And, like, discount Star Wars music, like the kind that we got in, like, Rogue One and and Solo, where it's supposed to sound like Star Wars, but is purposely not Star Wars. It's not the fanfare, but it sounds like it. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they did. They did, like, a cheap imitation of it. It was so great. (laughs) 
Oh my goodness. I I feel like you need to guide this discussion somehow though cuz I can't like I can't okay. I can't get a through line here. Well, I'm really I don't know, speaking with you about this is really changing my kind of perspective on things a little bit because as I watched the movie, honestly, personally, I was entertained. Mm-hmm. I found the movie entertaining. It was horrible. Objectively horrible. And I'm I'm not one of those people who like is obsessed with horrible movies who like watches The Room every year or whatever that stupid one is. Um is it The Room? That or... doesn't sound familiar. <laughs> no, what's the one that the disaster artist is based on? Oh, oh that that is The Room. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not one of those people who's like obsessed with The Room and like goes to like costume parties and watches it every year cuz I know that exists. And there's, like, real cult followings of terrible movies. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I'm one of those. But, like, there were aspects of the movie that really entertained me. And in talking with you, even for these few short minutes now, I'm noticing how much watching the previous Sharknado movies made this one watchable. Because there were so so many little jokes that I didn't notice in the moment were completely like in jokes Mm -hmm. because there were a number of times in the movie where someone would like pull out a chainsaw and I'm assuming for you having never watched any of the previous movies you were just like oh WTF why does someone have a chainsaw right now I mean I think I picked up on a little bit of that from reading plot summaries and stuff like that was one of the things that was slightly more clear I think yeah, because, like, that's, like, one of the biggest tropes in the Sharknado universe or whatever is, like, just the preposterous use of chainsaws. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I'm going to throw spoiler alerts on here in case anyone <laughs> d- doesn't want the Sharknado <laughs> The Fourth Awakens spoiled for them. But, like, in the end of the movie, there was, like, a big callback to the end of the first movie where... Finn's son has this, like, obviously toy chainsaw, and he cuts through four different sharks to, like, reveal each of his family members who are all, like, birthed out of these holes in the sharks. (laughs) And, like, the whole time I was watching that sequence, I was cracking up, because it was, it was so stupid (laughs) that it was funny, but, like... I could definitely see how things like that would be jokes that were lost on people. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, I can definitely, like, I could tell right away that I probably would have been able to finish it if I had seen the previous movies over some period of time, mm-hmm. or if I had been watching it with someone else. <laughs> yes. You know, that's but another thing. Watching it alone my, is weird. <laughs> sitting in my room on whatever it was, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, uh, yeah, just chilling trying to watch this crappy movie on Amazon, like trying to keep myself in high spirits as I watched it. It wasn't easy. (laughs) That's an excellent point, Mark, because this was the first Sharknado movie that I've watched alone. Oh, I didn't realize that. I believe I might've watched the third one alone. I'm not positive, but I definitely watched the first two with people. Okay. And that kind of set up my anticipation for the movie is that, like, in my previous viewings of Sharknado movies, 
I kind of viewed them as participation movies, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're heckle movies. Where, like, you you can't be quiet during it or else it's just going to be weird. Like, when something <laughs> ridiculous happens, you have to laugh out loud, literally. And, like, for me, when I watch a Sharknado movie, I have a good time. Whenever a new Sharknado pops up on the screen, I just scream Sharknado. <laughs> <laughs> Unless and it it's makes a fire NATO. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or a lightning NATO. <laughs> that's that's for later in this conversation, uh, okay. Mark. Okay, sorry. I'm I'm planning this for the whole podcast episode. Oh god, please don't. <laughs> Mikhail can't take it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll we'll we'll try to wrap this up pretty soon. But I'm gonna admit I did enjoy the different types of NATOs in this movie and the fact that Al Roker was one of the people who pointed it out and kind of made fun of it a little bit. Um, I don't know. I kind of like Gilbert Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> okay. I liked his on-site weather reporting out of the van. Low-key, Gilbert Godfrey was the hero of Sharknado The Fourth Awakens. <laughs> when, when, what was his character name? Was it? I don't remember. It was like I'll McDonald's pun something. Yeah. Like I'll look it up. Oh god. I'll pull up this cast list. Oh, he's in the supporting cast. He's not even the main cast. Um Who can get there first? How Ron, about Ron you? McDonald. <laughs> Ron McDonald. Ron McDonald was a high point of Sharknado the Fourth Awakens. He was a refreshingly stupid role that was just incredible. And Gilbert Godfrey nailed it. Um, And so you bring up Gilbert Godfrey kind of brings me to the second part of Sharknado 4 that I really enjoyed. And just like, I was kind of impressed... By just the sheer number of, like, pop culture, I guess it was more, like, cameos and pop culture, like, movie references that there were in the movie. It was impressive purely because, like, no other movie could have done it because it was part of what made the movie horrible and stupid. Mm -hmm. But there were a lot, and I'm sure there were a bunch that I missed. Um, But... Like, there are a couple that I was really proud of myself for noticing. Like, there are a couple of just, like, bizarre people who I don't even know how they're famous just ended up in the movie. And I was like, oh, I know who you are. That's funny. <laughs> like, the one star, example. The star power was incredible in this movie. The star power in the Sharknado movies is incredible. And while I was watching it, there was a second world I debated whether it was like they paid these people a lot of money or the answer that i really landed on is the people who the quote-unquote star power that was in this movie they've got really big egos and so it didn't take much money to get them to star in a movie or to like be a cameo in a movie i'm pretty sure that they just got a number of people who have good senses of humor yeah, a number you know, of them for like, sure. Like the, bu- the budget of the entire movie was three million dollars for everything, and probably maybe a hundred of those went to the CGI. 
A hundred total dollars, probably. Yes. <laughs> CGI wasn't great. <laughs> one one guy with a MS Paint 3D. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that I have friends who could have contributed to the CDI and I wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, like, I think uh, Al Roker and um, Natalie Morales... They were both definitely people who have like a good sense of humor and just played along with the yeah thing. Oh, David um, Hasselhoff. Yeah, David Hasselhoff was hilarious. I enjoyed his inclusion. He was in he was in previous ones as well. So yeah, that's what I'm gathering from. Um, looking at stuff. I also enjoyed. I don't know their names, but it was two women from the original Baywatch happened to be in this. I think it was in a part of the movie that you didn't end up watching because it was near the end. Um, I'm scanning for any names that look vaguely familiar, but I don't really know those names. Yeah, I don't... I honestly don't know who they were. They didn't even play a role. It was just like, oh my god, wait, were those people in Baywatch? Okay. Because, like, there was a slow-mo running scene of them, and I was like, Uh, ah, I get it. Gotcha. Um... But yeah, the other cameos that I really enjoyed were some of the investors from the show Shark Tank. <laughs> They've there have been some in previous Sharknados. Yeah. But just the fact that there were still some <laughs> still doing it. <laughs> it's just it's a funny it's a stupid joke and like they don't play important roles or just little cameos but it's like ah oh, they were in Shark Tank and it's yeah. funny because stupidity. Yep. Uh, I'm noticing that my bar of humor for enter- being entertained by this movie was really low. Well, it has to be. But you know what? I was entertained, and honestly, I'm tempted to watch the fifth one now after doing that. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. more excited about It's About Time, but I think that I have to uh, watch Global Swarming first. I feel like you gotta watch at least, I don't know... Actually, okay, sorry, I just clicked on the Wikipedia page of Global Swarming, but I shouldn't do that because I don't want to see who the cameos are. Sorry, don't spoil it. I know, I gotta close it, I closed it, don't worry. Good. Yeah. It, it was definitely a movie, and it was a, it was a fun (laughs) Saturday night for me. Yeah. (laughs) My Saturday nights aren't normally packed with that much excitement. I hope my neighbors don't think I'm an idiot now. Because they I th- definitely probably heard me scream Sharknado a couple times. Well, we'll have to do the next time open. we decide to watch one of these. Oh my god, there's going to be a next time? Is do an un- like an unnumbered episode that's just our, uh, our uh, critique commentary as we watch it. Oh, during the viewing? Yeah. Okay. We'll watch it in tandem. <laughs> oh, that'd be so fun. <laughs> I think it would be great. I feel like you might get annoyed with me, but no, it's going to be okay. It's like, so you, your homework would be watching Mystery Science Theater so that you understand how this works. Okay. Uh, but then it'll be good. Maybe. We'll see. All right. We need to move forward. <laughs> yes, we do. I think I've used up sufficient amounts of time of this podcast discussing uh. pointless things. Yep. Okay. So, Grant's comic 
is Marmaduke by Brand Brad Anderson. Uh, we have a boy kneeling on his chair, uh, mixing up a bowl. Looks a little slushy like, and underneath him is uh, what looks like either dog treats or dog food or dog biscuits. If I can guard dog biscuits, if I can read the lettering correctly. And Marmaduke is behind the boy, and the mom is in the foreground looking sternly at the boy, saying, Stop putting dog biscuits in your oatmeal so Marmaduke will eat it. Oh, Marmaduke. And Mark has no idea where I'm going with this. I mean, uh, I could guess that it has something to do with oatmeal, but that seems like low-hanging fruit that you wouldn't go for. (laughs) So this is, again, one of those, like, Grant had something that he thought about talking about and couldn't find a comic that really fit it, so he found a comic that very vaguely is incredibly vaguely associated with it. Okay, did you want to talk about stopping something? No, so okay. we'll just go down my stupid train of logic and then we can yes, do your comic. <laughs> let's play Grant's word association game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so oatmeal is a breakfast food. Another thing that is a breakfast food is cornflakes. <laughs> Some uh, may say. <laughs> a moderately common expression is... um, I don't know what the expression is, but it's related to the phrase... <laughs> Someone crapping in your cornflakes. <laughs> and so someone who craps in your cornflakes is someone who's just like got kind of a boohoo attitude who kind of brings your day down and it just sucks. And like you didn't mean for them to crap in your cornflakes, but now you got a bowl of cornflakes in front of you. That's your breakfast and there's poop in it. Now you got to figure out what to do. I have so many issues with all of us. First of all, I've never heard that expression. You've never heard of someone crapping in your cornflakes? No, that means nothing to me. I've probably oh, heard someone damn. refer to cornflakes by name about six times in my entire life would be my uh, guess. Anyway, okay, just continue. <laughs> so what I wanted to ask you about, and it's going to be harder because you don't know the expression crap in your cornflakes. Well, like someone you've explained crapping it. It's not like I can't understand what an idiom is. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure, Mark? Gosh. <laughs> He's done with me, Mikhail. Um, anyway, so I just was curious about how do you deal with people who are just kind of like downers and like you're having a decent day, but then there's someone who just like kind of pops up in your life randomly who just like real like down in the, I don't, I don't want to say down in the dumps, but just like kind of bringing your day down a bit. And how do you bounce back for that from that or like? kind of ignore that and like not let it dampen your day or your spirits or anything to be honest it's probably been a long time since i've dealt with someone like that or at least in a way that i view it and i think part of it is just that i rarely would consider that as i don't know like a thing that's bothering me unless it's something that's like a complete stranger you know i'm sitting at mm-hmm. a bus stop and someone's just like it's all pointless man and i'm like what that's never happened, but that's a situation where I could understandably feel like, what? You know? Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Like, I, I think, uh, I don't know. I'm just having a hard time, like, thinking of a situation where that's happened anytime recently and how I would have dealt with it. Okay. 
Because, like, be, I don't know. Can you give like a? I don't want you know. I don't know if you have someone I, in particular. I can give a very specific <laughs> example because the reason I'm thinking about it is that it happened earlier this yeah, evening I, to I, me. I kind of figured. <laughs> um. So, do you want that specific example? Yeah, it'll help ground it for me. Okay. So, you know that I rock climb a couple days a week, and it's kind of one of my ways that I try to get exercise and just stay active more of. And so it's become kind of a fun activity for me. And like most of the times when I go, I'm not, I'm not trying to get some like hardcore workout or anything. It's mostly just fun. Um, and I've grown to really enjoy a lot of kind of the problem solving of rock climbing. And particularly in the past couple of months when I go rock climbing, I spend a decent amount of the time bouldering. And so when I do bouldering, so climbing without a rope, dot, dot, dot. Um, on like little short walls, it tends to be more like problem solving rather than like physical exertion. Cause I'm trying to figure out how to, how to climb something, whatever. Anyway, so it's, it's a lot of, that's not important to the story. So it's, it's become like kind of a fun thinking time, problem solving and a way to get a bit of exercise. So tonight I was at the rock climbing gym, I climbed for a bit and then I started bouldering and there was this guy who came around and he was climbing and he just seemed really frustrated. So I'm, I try to be as friendly as I can at the rock climbing gym because I know it's a decent place to like meet people and to at least develop like short term interactions with strangers. Um, where I can just, like, kind of hang out with someone who I don't really know and still, like, get along and have a, like, way to relate to them and get some social interaction outside of work, essentially. And so, like, I, like, saw this guy and I started talking to him a little bit and he just, he was a real Debbie Downer. He was in town. He's on vacation or a business trip or something. I don't know. He's not from the area. And he came here just to, like, do something while he was in town. And he he just immediately starts, like, crapping on all of the, like, bouldering problems that are up on the walls. And he's like, yeah, like, are there ever any good things here? And, like, these are all crap. Like, there's spots that are just blank. Like, there should be a problem there. And I'm just like, I was trying to be, like courteous and understanding and like he's out of his element he's in a place where all of like the problems or the routes are set up slightly differently so they might not be things that he's used to climbing and they might seem kind of unusually difficult or just weird and foreign to him so I was trying to be understanding but he just like kept crapping on it and it was starting to kind of like bring down my time climbing because I was trying to just like focus on what I was doing and have a good time climbing. But he kept just kind of like after talking to him initially, kind of like dragging me in with his like, like, what's with this? What's with like, what's with this problem? Like, it doesn't even top out at the top of the wall. Like, and just like all these little nitpicky complaints and just, I don't know. That's my example that made me think of this. Hmm. So this this obviously immediately brings to the the foreground the difference between you and I, which is you engaged a stranger in in a different location. Uh, yeah. So like that's no wonder it doesn't doesn't occur to me. I would never talk to someone in that situation unless they approached me in the first place. 
in, in this particular case, you clearly just have someone who's just sort of like frustrated and annoyed for whatever reason, whether it is something going on immediately or just a personality flaw that they have yet to grow out of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Whenever that happens, when you have that sort of person, you just kind of either you deal with it and try and just move on afterward or try and distance yourself because, you know, they're they're not looking for help. They're not looking for, they're probably not even looking for empathy, really. They don't care. Yeah. Uh, that just sounds like a classic case of I just feel like complaining for the sake of complaining uh, because it feels like, you know, you you have power over a complaint more than you have power over changing the routes themselves. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, the one thing that it does remind me of, if you remember a number of months ago when I... I don't even know if I ever said it on the podcast, but the uh, guy that lived in the Airbnb with me... I don't remember this. I don't know if we've talked about it. So, uh, this guy who's in the Airbnb... I always tried to avoid him just because whenever I heard him outside talking, he always just had a very loud, booming voice and never, always sounded like he was just complaining about something. He never mm-hmm. sounded like he had something good to say about anything. Mm-hmm. And one time we ended up being in the kitchen, literally one time in the six months that I lived there, we ended up somehow engaged in conversation. And like we greeted each other kindly enough because we had never actually officially like met each other at that point. Uh, it was probably at least two months into me being there (laughs) and, uh, he just, I don't know, like it was maybe you could, you could tell he was the sort of person who has a lot to complain about and will veer conversations towards the things that he's comfortable talking and complaining about. Mm -hmm. And I would say about 90 seconds into the conversation, that's what it is. And over the course of the next hour, I probably talked for a total of about a minute and a half. Uh, but it was just that sort of a situation and that was just one of those situations where it was a you totally uh confirmed all of my former thoughts about you from just hearing you from a distance Mm -hmm. and uh but you know you deal with it and you move on you're like yeah I, i hope that either this frustration that you have inside of you carries you to do good things or that you get over it you know and learn how to channel your energy somewhere else mm-hmm. but beyond that there are just people like that you know like that, that's kind of how i always view it is uh those sorts of people have to learn how to communicate better or be willing to have actual conversations and you know you're not going to be you don't need to be the person and you probably won't be the person to convince them otherwise by being nice and friendly and polite as they complain about whatever mm-hmm. so i don't know that's always my viewpoint is i don't know sort of a nihilistic viewpoint <laughs> yeah that's kind of like a <laughs> you know, it's know. like it's not like it's not my problem because there are things that i can put my energy for towards better use for yeah i don't know like, I know that doesn't make it less frustrating. Like, I know that I, it's still frustrating. I understand that viewpoint, but it's... I don't know. It it just doesn't really fit the situation. Honestly. Hmm. Like, I don't feel like this guy was, like, some, like, 
crappy complainer type person. I genuinely think he was a cool guy. Um, like he seemed like an actual interesting guy, but it just, it felt like he was in a crappy situation at the time. And I, I guess what I'm struggling with is I felt like he was in a genuinely crappy situation. Cause like he spent a decent amount of money to like get an Uber from his hotel or whatever to get to this climbing gym. And then he paid money to come to this climbing gym and he like, he wasn't overly satisfied with the experience. And I think he was just looking for someone to kind of like validate his experience and make him feel a bit better. So I was, I was trying to help him out in that way. And I, and honestly, I think I did kind of like make his night a bit better by empathizing with him and making him feel kind of like he fit in in the location. He wasn't just like some rando person there all alone. And I'm very glad that I did that. And it felt good to kind of like be a friendly face to someone who didn't feel comfortable in their current situation. But also at some point it was just kind of like, okay, I want to just like go back to do my own thing. And I know that I don't have any like obligation to be here with you and like help you out with this and like be a friendly face to you. But I also want to, I don't know. I'm being too nice and empathetic. Well, like I understand that viewpoint and I, and I share it. Like I, I didn't mean to say that this guy was exactly like the roommate guy that I was just complaining about. Like I said, it was probably okay. more the case that he was just in a weird situation. Like you said, mm-hmm. but just because that's the case, it doesn't mean that, you know, in that situation, he either could have been, a bit better. Like, if he had legitimate problems with the climbing course, then that's Honestly, a part of some of the problems up on the in the gym right now kind of suck, so, like... Okay, then that's an issue to talk to management about. They'll empathize and discuss it, but, like, you know... But, like, I, he's a one-time person there. He's not going to go up and talk to, like... He can still... I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, and beyond that, like I, like, I understand that there's always... Uh... Like, the shared experience of a complaint can be very powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think that everybody, you know, feels that sometimes. And that's probably what it was more than anything. Yeah. It was like, oh, maybe I can, you know, talk about this and just have something to talk about that's relatively low stress because it's about the immediate situation. We don't need to give too much away of ourselves, but we can still just, like, you know, do whatever. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do that. Um, and I don't know, but that that still always puts me off a little bit. Yeah. It, you know, because of the negativity of it, it's it's kind of frustrating and hard to deal with. And then, of course, once you're in that situation, then how do you cleverly, you know, <laughs> remove yourself from the situation without sound? Because you, know, you and I are both have the same sort of social feelings in that way where like once you are invested in someone's well-being even if it's a total stranger and you've known them for 90 seconds and you're just kind of like but you're still just like that little bit of you is like oh i'm trying to help yeah. then it's really hard to be like oh like you know like i hope you have a good rest of your night i'm gonna go off and do this other thing you know especially in a place like a climbing gym presumably there's not many other pla- like you know there's not all that many places to be 
Yeah. And so, like, you can't just be like, I'm just going to stop talking to you and focus on this thing. Like, you can say that, and some people do that, but you're worried that, like, oh, this guy's in a bad situation. I want to make him feel worse because he's, and then he'll think, like, oh my God, I'm such a bad person because they didn't want to keep talking to me. But also, like, yeah. (laughs) You, wow. I think you, you really hit the nail on the head with the part of the situation that I think I was almost the most uncomfortable with. And I didn't even notice it until now is like <laughs> me thinking about like, how do I disengage with this situation? Cause looking back, so we delayed our recording of this podcast by like 30 minutes tonight ish. Mm-hmm. And that was because partially at least because I stayed at the climbing gym about 20, 25 minutes longer than I normally would have because I like got kind of delayed in what I was working on and the like things that I was climbing and I wanted to like figure them out before I had to leave. But also like, I didn't really know how to leave, so I was just, like, climbing stuff and, like, slowly, like, talking to him less and, like, climbing things slightly further away from him. And then I'd, like, finally, like, I I was climbing something and then I, like, fell off and I ended up kind of hurting my finger a little bit. And I was like, okay, that's my excuse. I'm out. <laughs> and he was like, and so he, like, turned to me when I was kind of walking away. He's like, ah, oh, you giving up for the night? And I was like... Yep, I tore a callus off my finger. Normally, that's my key to go. So, hope you have a good rest of your evening. Hope things kind of end up a little bit better than they've been going for you. And then I just kind of, like, left. (laughs) It's a reasonable way to go. Yeah, and it, like, it felt like it fit. But also, I feel like there would have been better ways to leave that didn't, like, delay my night unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. I I didn't have an obligation to this guy to like hang around and keep climbing with him, and I don't really know why I felt the need to. Because we're nice people, Grant. Yeah, but like sometimes even though we're be both a... jerks, we're still nice. <laughs> like sometimes I don't know. Maybe I just need to be a jerk. Maybe I need to be more of a jerk. Honestly, like this is the struggle that I've had for. I don't know, probably at least a year is learning how to uh, both sort of, I guess, stand up for myself in some situations uh, and like balance that with growing up wanting to be very courteous and nice and empathetic and all that. Mm. And it's and it's weird figuring out how to balance all that in some situations. Yeah. That's a good point. Because on one hand, I want to be the, like, kind, nice, empathetic person who, like, helps out people who are in uncomfortable situations. But also, like, I want to, like, do my own thing and I want to worry about myself and, like, be a little bit self-centered at some points. I don't know. That's a hard balance to strike, I guess. That it is. Maybe this week I'll try to be D-bag G-money and see how it goes for me. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that'll be maybe that'll be what we talk about at the beginning of next podcast. How life as D-bag G-money goes. <laughs> see if I like it better. See if I'm going to become full-time D-bag G-money. How are you going to move back into your parents after you get fired? <laughs> oh, I'm not going to get fired. I'm going to get promoted. D-bag G-money gets, gets what he wants. I don't buy this, and I don't support it either. <laughs> Maybe I'll be D-Bag G-Money outside of work. 
God. And, and, and then I'll get like evicted from my apartment and I'll be living in a cardboard box down by the river or something. <laughs> living in a van down by the yeah. river. <laughs> uh. Well, Mark, should just we... Change, just change your Tinder name to Bad Boy G Money. <laughs> um... Let's go to your comic, and then we'll do this after we stop recording. All right. I wonder if I'll get more matches that way. <laughs> so for this week, oh, speaking of Tinder, Mark's comic is That a Baby by Paul Trapp. In this comic, there appears to be a baby... And the child is saying, you know what's great? And in the next uh, box of the comic, there appears to be an entire roll of toilet paper unrolled across the, across the pane of the comic. And there's a child looking through a toilet paper roll. Actually, it's kind of long. It might be more of a paper towel roll. Maybe. And he's saying... Oh, it is! <laughs> and he's saying, every roll of paper towels comes with a free telescope. Uh, this is one of those instances where I should have just read the comic ahead of time and I would have said it way better. Yeah, just one of those instances every week where you should have read it slightly ahead of time. <laughs> I, honestly... It's still funny. It's always funnier that you don't, like... <laughs> I I know for listeners that it makes it harder to understand the comic, but honestly, it's so much more entertaining for me to get to the end of the comic and be like, oh my god, I get it now. I boofed up real bad. Well, that, not, like, <laughs> not, not to say that, or in addition to that, if anybody's made it this far into the podcast, our terrible visual medium that we're trying to convey via a podcast... Is, like if that hasn't stopped them yet, your bad descriptions definitely haven't. Yeah, they're just they're, looking at the comic, laughing along with me. Yeah, they're here because they love us, not because we have beautiful visual descriptions. Not because we're talented. Yeah. <laughs> Heart okay. emoji, Mikhail. So, can you guess what this is about? Um, did you guys run out of? Oh wait, did you go and see the stars, or did you run out of paper towels? Neither. Did you buy a telescope? Did you win a free telescope? I wasn't going to joke that I bought a telescope just to see how you would react, but <laughs> I gave you too much leash on that guess. So do I, do I have more out. guesses? Because my next guess is going to be maybe not. <laughs> you'll never guess it. It, so, does, it does have to do with paper towels, but you'll never guess oh, exactly. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so, growing up, it was a big thing in my family. What type of paper towels we would purchase. Okay? Okay. You know how, like, a standard cheap roll of paper towels tends to, like, the perforations are roughly square. Mm-hmm. Right? So you get, like, a quote, like, a full-sized paper towel that you are tearing off. Yep. My dad has no patience for such paper towel rolls. He must have half-perforated so, like, they perforate oh, yeah. twice for every square. Mm-hmm. He's always very careful to make sure that the paper towels that he buys has this, like, double amount of perforation. Yes. 
I discovered at work that some of the paper towels that we have beat that even more. And they partition it into fourths. They have a horizontal perforation and a vertical perforation. Where do you get these? So each square is cut into four smaller squares. That's amazing. I know. So I texted my dad today (laughs) saying, hey, this is a thing that exists. I thought that you might be interested in this. And his response was... And he definitely went out and bought some. Well, I'm hoping so. I'll, I'll check up with him later this week. But his response was great. Now they just need to do that with toilet paper. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, he was joking. I said, That's such a dad <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> I know. But yeah, so, so my question is, uh, if you really think about it, like, do you think that this is a good, uh, good step in paper towel innovation, this quartile splitting of it? Or do you think, or do you think that it's actually less useful than it sounds like? Oh, I have lots of feelings on this. I don't know where to start. I think it, so it definitely sounds like a good idea. Mm-hmm. I have never interacted with a world of paper towels like this. And I feel like in my own personal space, it could be very useful and I might love it. But in a communal space, such as a workplace, it might be the wild west of paper towels. Because in my personal space, honestly, I would probably just tear off a one quarter paper towel each time. Because really, most of the time that I use paper towels, I don't need that much. And then like maybe every once in a while, I'd pull off like a full like four quarters towel Mm -hmm. or something. But I feel like in a workplace, in any common space, there's always that D-bag who just, like, messes everything up. So I'm feeling like at some point there would be someone who would just start, like, I'm imagining the role, like, positioned horizontally and so they'd like pull off the right quarter and then someone would come along and then pull off like the next right quarter so there's two left quarters hanging there like some monster left it but that but wouldn't that just be a half paper towel oriented the other way yes which is fine on the average situation until you work in a workplace that is like three quarters monsters And all of a sudden you come to it and there's three halves in a row. And no one needs three halves in a row. Or three quarters in a row. Dang it, I messed up my line. Anyway, do you know what I'm picturing? Like three squares in a row and then like... I'm with you. There's three missing from the one side. Like why do you need three in a row? Because the picture that I'm painting that's really frustrating me about this, even though it's way less of an issue with paper towels in reality, this actually isn't a big deal, I don't don't think. If anything, it could turn into like an office bonding moment to see if you could get through the entire roll of paper towels using only ha- one side of it. And so that now you're <laughs> no. left with a full roll of paper towels except split down the middle, which would be hilarious. That's horrible. <laughs> it would be like a roll of toilet paper at that point, except made of paper towels. It would be awesome. I'd want to die. <laughs> now I want to do this at work. I would um, resign. <laughs> but the it, this is like a really, really slow motion version 
of when you try and tear masking tape and it or, and then you're trying to peel off masking <laughs> tape and it just splits in the middle you know oh yeah and then you're chasing after it trying to like wrap around the tape dispenser so that both halves finally match and you're left with yes. the full width of the tape yes that's really frustrating mm-hmm. so like the visual is annoying but the the uh possibilities really intrigue me the possibilities are endless they are you're gonna be that monster who tomorrow there's gonna be like four well, left squares this is bigger, okay no this roll. is the bigger question this is the bigger question grant you gotta work with me here you need to figure out how good the perforations are compared to the fibers that hold it off on the corner to see if you could zigzag it <laughs> You can't. I'm I don't not, believe that you can. I like this is the thing. It depends on how good the perforations are. Is there like enough material at that at the corner junction of four perforations? Is it perforated all the way through? Then I agree, you probably couldn't. Uh or I guess you could force it by cheating and tearing off the corner, not following the perforation. You'd have to cheat. It can't be done with just the perforations. I'm a physics minor. Well, One little bit of paper. My point is would that not hold it. I don't believe it. Oh, I'll do some research tomorrow morning. Maybe I'll You're try to remember. You're waste like half a roll of paper towels researching this. I'm only going to try it once. I'm not going to try and zigzag the entire thing. Just. I really hope someone walks towel. in while you're doing this and is like, oh, Mark, WTF are you doing? At, at my company? Nobody would care. They'd try to help. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You work with a bunch of nerds, probably. Yeah. Oh, well, it's not awesome. even that we have nerds. We have a very competitive nature. I was told that one day it, it was just decided a few guys went outside and said, who thinks they can throw a tennis ball over our office building? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Regrettably, I was not there that day. Yeah, I bet some windows in the office building got hit with tennis balls that day. No, I think just one got lost on the roof. I think it was only a few guys, and only one wasn't able to make it over. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, I was just curious. It it seems that we we need more research to see what the possibilities are for these. Yeah, I need to see if I can find one of these mystical rolls of paper towels in my area. And if they're, yeah. like, available at normal stores. Because I need to test this out. There's a lot of possibilities here that I need to explore. Maybe I'll run to the grocery store now. You do that. It might be worth it. It's only 7.30 here. It Wow. That's so early. It is. Like, I'm realizing that this is a thing that I could do tonight. I wish I had time after our podcast to do things without, like, cutting into my night's sleep. Well... Well, you have to schedule the way that you have it. Yeah, I guess that's how stuff works. Maybe I need to move to like Hawaii or something so I can be ahead of you. Or you could just be on time with me. (laughs) Okay, that's it. Goodbye, Mark. (laughs) That was too snarky for this podcast. I'm done.